Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at what if number 11, what if the original Marvel bullpen had become the Fantastic Four? Before we open this thing up, I want to invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon for notification whenever we post a new video. That'll help offset the kayfabe effect. Whenever you see a new comic on our channel that you want, you run out to eBay, your local comic shop, Amazon, whatever the case is. And uh, sometimes they're all scooped up or the prices have been inflated. So if you get those early notifications, you'll be the first person in line trying to hunt down your copy of What If Number 11. Also, let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to push our videos out to other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. And uh, that's how we grow this channel. Just reached 60,000 subscribers. So thank you all for uh, helping us reach that. And uh, let's keep this thing going. I believe 600,000 is our next milestone we're aiming for. Yes. So uh, thank you for your help on that. And uh, keep these videos playing through. And uh, Ed, let's dive into one of the strangest Jack Kirby comics uh, that, that's my pitch on this one is like, I will put this out as one of the more unusual Jack Kirby comics. So cool that he's the writer artist on this. They talk about in the letters column, this is 1978. So it's the first time Jack Kirby is doing fantastic four comics in eight years. The team that he, he co-created and, and made famous in that first Marvel universe run of his. But, uh, here he is back on fantastic four but not the Fantastic Four you guys all know and love at home. Yeah, it feels like a lot of hedging. Like, like everybody was clamoring, and, and this is the era of the people in the bullpen calling him Jack the Hack and, like, really disrespecting him and all that stuff because they didn't want the Eternals. They didn't want Devil Dinosaur. They wanted him to do the shit that he was known for. They wanted the same old for, from him, and Kirby is just not built for that. And uh, this is, like... A hedge, you know. Okay, well, I'll do a Fantastic Four thing, but it'll be this. They also said in the um, in the letters page that this was like an idea of Roy Thomas right. for a long time to have the uh, the the bullpen as Fantastic Four, and he was pitching Jack Kirby, Stanley, Flo, and himself <laughs> right. as the uh, Fantastic Four, and Kirby, the creator of House Roy and uh, Funky <laughs> Flashman, right? Yes, like he was not going to have any fucking Roy Thomas in his comic and, and opted for Sol Brodsky. And even at the end, there's a little shade, I just wanna make sure we get it in there, that we're, we're, uh, they're back in the Marvel office and uh, there's like some dialogue like, yeah, there's some new guy Thomas that works there. So it's even calling Roy Thomas out of his name a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. There's feelings that there might not be full uh, respect for House Roy. There is, uh, so a couple of other credits to note is Mike Royer and Bill Ray are credited as inker and letterer. How cool is so that? So some maybe overlap between those guys, maybe a deadline, and Bill Ray had to come in and help out a little bit. I don't know what the circumstances are, but Mike Royer, a frequent 70s collaborator with Kirby. Bill Ray, man, I was thinking, must be a pretty young Bill Ray, Absolutely, right? That's yeah. an early credit as far as my reading uh, shows. Absolutely. That To me, that that makes me wonder if he was like one of those kids that was going to like the... like he, I, I'm imagining he's a West Coaster. Yeah, maybe. You know, California dude. Like, he's got a lot of work in animation and things over the years. Uh, I think he paints, like, he paints, like, plain air, like, landscapes of, like, L.A. street scenes now. Yeah, that sounds right. And I, it's pretty cool like because it's, like, capturing, you know, the, like, the modern days of, like, your were captured in paint. He's doing his own version of that, and it has, like, all the, all the messiness of the industrial world uh, in the painting. It's pretty cool. This is uh, so we start out with adventure, which makes makes sense. But there's some really interesting stylistic elements of this. 
like for instance, I feel like Mike Royer is doing a little bit of a Joe Sinnott impression on some of the Fantastic Four images, you know, feathering a little bit more, uh, you know, calling back to that that classic run of Kirby and Sinnott on Fantastic Four. And then the other piece is very dialogue heavy. And I wonder if this is Kirby kind of doing a Stan Lee impression. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's promos to be cut, man. Like, like I think there was something about, like, about Stan's, like, old look or something. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he doesn't quite... You just know that this this goes through an editor's hand first before it goes to a letterer. And I would love to imagine, like, guys, tell me what issue the Kirby collector we see pencil pages of this. That's the that's the one. Because I want to read the real dialogue and I want to see all the parts where the Jack Kirby character is calling him Stanley. Yes. Because he'll do that often, like in interviews and stuff. Like he'll call him Stanley. I want to see that so bad now, Ed, because Roy Thomas does make reference that, you know, he, he touched up the dialogue a little bit here and there. <laughs> Mentions that in the letters page. So this looks like a, like a pinball game. Yes. It just looks like they've entered this pinball game, and that's hilarious. Got, got the bow in her neck. <laughs> it's a fun, weird comic. It's double size, I think. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a at least. big page count. I mean, this is a mini graphic novel that he's creating here. And just odd, you know, it made me think of Grant Morrison because we're going to see these moments of like, there's a, they're working at Marvel Comics, these characters within this story. And they're now the Fantastic Four in, in this like counter earth, real, real world, you know, quote unquote, within this story, just peculiar, you know, like, like really bizarre and kind of different for uh, what I think of as Jack Kirby. Yeah. You know, storytelling-wise, writing-wise, like, it just feels different than any other Kirby comic I can think of. Absolutely. And it makes me yearn for, like, a Mad Men-style Jack Kirby written and drawn comic about about that time. Yeah. This is, this is, the, this uh, is the closest we get. Flashback to the origin story of how these guys got these powers, you know. Somebody, the, the fans, there's talk about fans, which is, uh, I think there might be some shade going after the fans. Yeah. Uh, but sending in these these boxes, these anonymous notes, and that's what happens. This box shows up while they're all in the office, and it unloads cosmic rays, and hey, Fantastic Four origin. You know, it's uh, Jack Kirby, of course, becoming the thing, because who else, what other character could he possibly be? Stanley's characterization of as Mr. Fantastic, pretty interesting, reminding characters he's the boss <laughs> once or twice throughout this issue. Rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, with his great Fantastic Four uh, joke Absolutely. sequence. I was thinking of Flo. Um, you know, she published that. I think it was the Big Apple comics. I was thinking about dragging that in to kind of show uh, Flo's initiative and creativity doing an underground comic in the 70s, probably around this time, maybe a slightly later, early 80s. Yeah, she got, uh, in, with, she got in with those... Uh, those, those dirty hippies. Kim Deitch, man. <laughs> and Saul Brodsky, um, of course, his his son, Salson Publications in the uh, in the 80s, but longtime, like, number two guy at Marvel Comics, production guy. A lot of heavy, heavy lifting on his uh, part. turning into your human torch, burning up some of Jack Kirby's precious artwork, by the way. That's okay. Kirby doesn't get, doesn't get to keep it anyhow. How great is this panel? Whenever he flames out and he's starting to fall... They even make you wait two pages to get there. But the giant Stan Lee, Mr. Fantastic hand catching him in the air. That's some cool stuff. Looks really good. Yeah, even when they pull it back in, it looks like uh, it hurts. Yeah, they talk about it. he's going to need to lose some weight if he keeps going in and out of windows. <laughs> that feels like a Stan Lee. Get some jokes in there. 
Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. So here's a rundown of what is available. Hulk, Grand Design, Monster, and Madness, a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, is available in comic shops everywhere right now, including some very cool variant covers by Peach Momoko, Jeff Darrow, Ed McGinnis, Marcos Martin, and cartoonist Kayfabe's own Ed Piscor, in addition to my covers. You can also find the Deadly Scroll Live Street Angel in a variety of oversized hardcovers from Image Comics, Homeless Ninja on a Skateboard, and The Plain Janes, uh, one of the first young adult graphic novels published here in the United States about a bunch of high school artists that get in trouble around their town doing public art. From Ed Piscor, Red Room, the antisocial network collecting the first series of uh, Red Room comics, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, Trigger Warnings, Red Room's second season now in stores. Two or three issues available already and uh, a fourth one on the way coming soon. Banned in uh, 22 countries and 10 comic book shops, but those shops will still order these comics. You just may have to ask for them by name. They may come uh, out from under the counter whenever you ask for those wrapped in a brown paper bag. He's also the originator of the Grand Design series. There are three oversized Beautiful volumes of X-Men Grand Design currently available wherever books and comics are bought and sold, as well as Hip Hop Family Tree, four oversized volumes of this hip hop history and available in deluxe box sets, very nice box sets, and WYSIWYG, A History of Computer Hacking, available wherever books and comics are sold. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. His Stan Lee is real generic without the gimmicks on. You know, like that's, that's Stan Lee, I think, or maybe that's Soul. But they're interchangeable in a way. Yeah, I think that is Stan. I think that is the Stan Lee. Flashback, though, you know, like like this is him pre-mustache and stuff. But a lot of the story in the present time, at least you get the, the mustache. Although it's not quite the Stan Lee I know with the with the glasses and everything. This one piece of hair, <laughs> I think, was put in by the bullpen. <laughs> Just that, that was Stan's one. note. Yeah. yeah, I think the bullpen put that one in. It's a great hand, though. I think that's just a crazy-looking, amazing uh, panel. Very bizarre and out there. And there it is, man. Mandate. you got to put at least, like, one Fantastic Four image with a classic team in there. How great would that, that page be? Like, if you were going to own a Kirby original. Oh, yeah, man, that's, what a that's, page. That's, that's a six-figure page. That's amazing. It does make me wonder about, like, what the coverage of this is in the Kirby issues. So whoever knows what issue number that is... Uh, you know, maybe DM us before you <laughs> before you post it publicly. Yes. Give us a chance to beat the kayfabe effect and track <laughs> that thing down for ourselves. All the mail coming in. You know, the uh, living the gimmick pays off. That Fantastic Four is more popular than ever in this world. But this Marvel villain is a more interesting personality. <laughs> this is a classic image uh, for me. Like, it was, it was reprinted somewhere. Maybe it was the Marvel Abrams book. Uh, maybe it... Maybe it's in How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, but this is a very famous, iconic panel to me. Did they mention somewhere, uh, trying to figure out if it should be Marie Severin or Flo Steinberg for The Invisible Woman? I feel like that's mentioned maybe in the letters page. There, There's, there's a call. So, like, the bullpen is doing the heavy lifting. So, John Romita's there. Oh, that's Marie right. Marie Severin's there. And some guy, Thomas. Like, that's where <laughs> that's that panel right. is. That's right. Like they they use everybody's proper names and then uh, Thomas like he's just the most insignificant. Kirby is the thing is wild. He doesn't have the pronounced brow of the thing, but he's got the Kirby brows. Yeah, it fit, it's uh you see the Kirby likeness coming through and it's very uncanny. It's like that uncanny valley kind of it, piece. It's also that thing that uh 
that cartoonists do when they draw themselves and give themselves some bulk to their arms. Yeah, he looks pretty good in a swimsuit. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it's like self-portraits of Kirby, though, throughout, you know, throughout the book, we see several self-portraits. Yeah, of some really, really good ones. So they're trying to figure out, like, they believe whoever infected them with cosmic rays probably hiding out under the ocean. So off they go. And of course, that brings them in contact with frequent Fantastic Four nemesis Namor. It's the S people. So like the first S that comes to mind is a Submariner. Go down there, you find out it ain't it ain't him. But it's a chance to, to you know, get him to revisit some classic characters and play the hits. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a pretty fun version of uh, Mr. Fantastic, I think, reminds me a lot of Don Simpson and some of his bizarre yeah, heroes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I say all of that as a compliment to everybody. I think that looks really neat. It's it's such a peculiar story. Like having, you know, this would make sense as like a not brand act yeah. or, or something, but having Kirby actually doing it just makes it this bizarro world. Yeah, yeah. It's just this very weird conceit. It's a weird hedge. Like, and it's, it's a... Like, this would be a great piece of stunt casting in a day of the direct market when you could put this in the solicits. Kirby, back on Fantastic Four! And then you delivered this. It, it surprises me that this is not like a book that's talked about all the time by everyone. It surprises me that there's not some deluxe Marvel reissue of this book. Though there will be. Well, there should be. Yeah. It's, it's certainly worthy of a more, you know, a, a better... Uh, higher profile spoilers i think i found this thing just randomly yeah yeah like uh this is just you know dollar bin find yeah i don't know that it was somebody pointing me at it like you've got to track down what if 11 it was more of like what is this book i mean it's just like oh another kirby like like i'm grabbing whatever kirby i find on the cheap any of it right exactly and this is just another one of those it's so much spoiler yes who does that s stand for we have looked at some other what ifs and again good series a lot of standout issues you yes. know the other uh, couple of millers are yep. part of this first I volume have those pulled. that's something to look at and the issue after this is the uh the conan what if conan was uh in the 20th century <laughs> that's crazy to think is that is that really true i'm pretty sure that's that's the that's, issue that's called out here you know what there might be a couple different ones what if conan walked the earth today okay you know what there are a couple different ones because first off that that's the painted you think of painted sakevich cover yes he wasn't doing that shit in 78 like that's not that doesn't line up you know he's not even on moon Knight yet i don't think he's he's nobody yet but what i'm saying is there are like several different kinds of where it's the same thing but they call it something different and i gotcha. think i think that's what you're pointing out i might be falling for their uh their their gimmicks there was there was one where it's like they're like remaking their what ifs <laughs> they totally do like <laughs> there's two different ones with like the fantastic four with no powers and it's called two different what if they beat dr doom with no powers what if they never got powers like there's yes it's funny anyhow yeah and this is pretty kind of a your, your classic looks like classic kirby page right all of this man and and this is when he is and like every panel is a perfectly balanced piece of black and white and then every page is perfectly balanced with the with the, the black and whites in total he'll do the things like everything about the language that he's developed like comes together in the 70s where you get a big uh close-up on every page you get a full body shot you like the head of the character is never the same in any two panels. You know, it's always different camera views at even that level. This panel is just perfect. This first panel is just, it's everything. You know what I also wonder, Jimmy, is um, 
these straight lines that are done with a straight edge it's beyond it has more life to it than rapidographs and stuff and i don't think it doesn't have the thick and thins that you would have with a uh, like a like a dip pen hunt i think i think they must use ro those rolling pens it's certainly possible yeah I, I don't know it's funny i'm looking at some of the lines like in the background here and they're perfectly crisp yeah that's i mean french it's got to be stuff. french curved right yeah i don't know and it's a thickness that's that's like a real interesting shape like it's just not rapidograph thickness i don't even know if rapidographs existed in 78. yeah they're an old tool but but that ruling pen was was one uh it's even old, older yeah i mean geez talk that's about a, some wasted money on tuition one semester when i learned how to use a rolling pen that's the one they show in uh how to draw comics the marvel way though so it's like you got to have that one that's true yeah it's true and uh they wrap up here pretty conveniently once they realize that uh the scrolls are to blame they decide there must be a factory of those cosmic cubes that they're making and uh destroy that we don't even see like the scroll hardly any scroll aftermath yeah what a what a weird issue and did we skim over the uh the office yeah i did uh, want to see that office shot just because it's it's pretty fun to see like the second generation of marvel bullpenners called out a little bit oh yeah page 25 bottom middle yeah there you go <laughs> fun to see those uh well, marie severin john ramita get a little we don't little speak about it because out. we don't know luckily marie severin johnny ramita and this new kid named thomas are around to take up the slack see just disrespect me good stuff so i don't know man this this i love this issue i'm glad to get to talk about it a little bit and i'm surprised that more people i i, I never have conversations about this yes. so why not everybody this is a great <laughs> jack kirby comic and it's like weirdly not autobiographical but a lot of kirby drawing himself kind of sorta and there's got to be a story behind the, the the penciled lettering that uh, that Roy Thomas <laughs> went over. I would love to see that. Yeah. You know, the, the Kirby Collector is such a cool magazine for giving us insights into it. I would love to see anything they've got on this issue. Like, was Kirby really trying to think about, like, making it, you know, like Joe Sinnott, you know, call back to the 70s or to the 60s run? Um, were the anchors working that way you know like i'd like to see all of that absolutely man uh you had this comic pulled for this week man i had it sitting in my uh episode potential box for about two years man so i'm glad to check this one off the list k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there jimmy hulk grand design monster and hulk grand design madness are both in comic shops now as you watch this uh, get out to your comic shop pick those up it's me reimagining the 60-year history of the incredible hulk perfect for longtime hulk fans or first-time hulk comic book readers and i uh, get that wherever comic books are sold and join me on patreon.com slash jim Red Room Trigger Warnings, Issue 1, 2, and potentially Issue 3 are on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, banned in 26 countries, banned in 10 comic shops. Uh, you can order and pre-order these comics at uh, the links in my link tree in the description below. And I also have my Patreon there uh, for 3 bucks. You can get the archive of Red Room Comics. More than 200 pages up there, and I put new strips up every Tuesday. Uh, what else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, dude, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.